0: awesome a very warm welcome good evening hello everybody how's everyone i'm so impressed with the amount of green and gold i see come on you guys always has lester still here in the room no he was even in his rugby shorts so uh, he's uh, really putting in all the effort uh, but i'm excited uh, listen all the pressure is now upon uh, jen and myself <laughs> to get us off we've got a clock don't worry we will start the rugby on time and everybody said amen amen do you know how many people said to me last week after I announced free cokes after the after the gathering? They said, "No, but we want beer." I, I, this is the crowd of people we are dealing with, and so I hope that you brought it along. You're more than welcome <laughs> to bring your cooler box in. That's fine, uh, but anyway, let's not joke around anymore. Uh, we, we're in this new series in the month of Super September, and the series is called "There He Is." let just run up here quickly. I just appreciate, in your rugby shorts as well, and your, and your shoes, can we, uh, you changed your shoes, <laughs> wow, I mean, for me, this is like the, the and, and where's your son, he's, he's out to see you somewhere, outside, yeah. I mean, you two are the best dressed by far, Thanks, by man. far. Come on, thank you so much, guys, <laughs> I try, I did change my shoes in between, because slops are life. So someone give him a beer afterwards, because that's best dressed by far, well done, bro. <laughs> Anyway, that's another minute gone. We're in the series. It's called Friends and Other Relationships. And we're talking about all relationships in life. We're talking about stages and seasons in life and the relationships that come with them. Uh, And I just think it's going to be such a good series to uh, zone in on through the month. But today we're talking about a stage of life that A, all of us have been in before. Second of all, we're talking about a stage of life that many people in this church are currently in. And third of all, we're talking about a stage of life that most of us will probably, most likely, enter into again at some stage in our life. And the stage of life that I'm talking about is the stage of singleness. Listen, it's an amazing stage of life to be in, so I'm super pumped and stoked that I get to talk about it. You might not uh, be in the stage of singleness yourself right now, but I want you to know that there are many people in our church who are in a stage of singleness, and that could be different for, for everyone. You, you might be in a stage of singleness because you just are, you're single, you're not married. Uh, maybe you're in a stage of singleness due to um, a spouse in a way, or maybe due to divorce. Uh, but there are many people in and around us, and not only in this church, but I can assure you that there will be people within your own life, friends and family that you have who find themselves right now in a stage of singleness. And so to address the elephant in the room, uh, I want to let you know I'm not single uh, I am married, uh, uh, this is my wife here in the front row. Can we give a big round of applause with with both kids tonight? all in our spring box? This is my wife. Uh, I married my first wife in my mid 20s and i 'm still married to my first wife <laughs> in my 40s. I can just hear that one going wrong someone 's going to take that clip and put it up as a reel uh, and uh, throw it all out of whack uh, still married we 've been married for almost uh, nineteen years coming up and uh, so but i 'm not single not single. been married for nineteen years uh, but I really do believe um, that the Word of God has wisdom, not only wisdom for all of life, but the, the Word of God, Jesus himself, wants us to flourish in every single stage of our life. And so I'm really excited that we get to delve into this, see what does God say, what does the Word say, but also to see tonight, what does Jen say? And so Jen is here with me tonight, and I just thought... Uh, What would be really great is to have somebody with me, and we're going to preach this together tonight. Uh, Jen's going to share a little bit of her own story of uh, stages of singleness within her own life, Uh, and I think that there's a lot that we're going to be able to draw out, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm going to hand over to Jen in a second, but before we get to that, right at the outset of tonight, I just want to start and encourage you to, first of all, every one of you, to set aside any stereotypes that you have that you think work or don't work in different seasons of life and instead ask God what His plan is for your life. Set aside stereotypes that you think will work or don't work and instead ask God what His plan is for your life because I believe that God will make what seems improbable to somebody else perfectly practical for you. And so I'm really excited to chat into this tonight. And so Jen, welcome and could you give us a brief overview of some of your story in this?
1: Thanks Simon, and hi everybody. So I share with you parts of my story that went from single to marriage to single, not from a place of victimhood or this happened to me, but from a place where God intrinsically weaved his grace and his provision throughout that whole story. And it's a story of hope. I think so many people get stuck in the past and they get stuck as victims And sadly, in society today, victims are celebrated more than overcomers. And so Jesus has won the ultimate victory. And if we are sons and daughters of the King, if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, we have that victory. So we live our lives from a place of victory, not looking for a place of victory. So a little bit about my backstory. I was uh, married one day before my 22nd birthday in 1997, and I know that some of you in this room have maybe had that long wait where you've been waiting to be picked. I never had that. Um, I was 20 years old when my ex-husband asked me to marry him, and ironically, he was a Christian, I was a Christian, Um, he was single, I was single. And I rationalized, well, then I'm, I'm going to say yes. What could go wrong? Yeah. And I was married for seven years, and probably out of those seven years, the first nine months, were I was happily married. But after that, the marriage started breaking down and becoming really difficult. Um, and that's a story for another day. But if you are desiring marriage, I want to say to you, say yes to yourself first before you say yes to somebody else. Simon asked me to to say how long I've been single for, and it's that long that I had to take out a calculator and work it out. Um, But seriously though, I've been single for 16 years now, but it's something that I don't keep track of. It's not part of my identity. It's not what I identify as I believe if you are single in this room, it is not a label on you. It's a season that you're in. Um, and it, it, it in no way defines who you are as a person. Right. And right from the get-go, right after I got divorced, I had many, many, many personal promises from the Lord for marriage in my future again. And so that set me up with a quiet confidence. It sowed seeds of hope in my heart for what is in my future but it also freed me up to live in the fullness of what the Lord has for me and I just believed that if I live my life to the full if I'm really going after the things of the Lord I'm going to bump or cross paths with my future husband and for me that just felt like the most um, the best way for me it felt like that was something that the Lord would would give me, because he's so personal and beautiful with how he wants to make your story. Um, There's no cookie-cutter approach to this. Everyone is going to be different, and we are all different in our desires and and the way we want to meet a spouse, and maybe it will be different, I don't know, but I just know that the Lord has the best for me in my future. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. And so it's as I, as I am with the Lord in his presence, as I keep my heart soft towards him, he's able to deposit his desires in my heart that are perfect for me and perfect for what he has for me in the future and my mission here on earth.
0: It's awesome. It's so good. So, we've got kind of three big headings that we're going to go through tonight, and things that we just see that we could offer uh, for those in a single stage of life uh, to, to really zone in on, and we think could be helpful for you in that stage of life. And I, I really don't want to be that one that sits here and offers those cheesy one liners that you've all heard before. Uh, but I, I really want to say, what does the Bible say about how you could really uh, live out the stage of life well? And that's what we'll get to right at the end. But the first thing that we wanted to talk to, the first big heading, uh, and this is for in single stage of life, but this is really for all of us, and that is to really go back to the miracle of salvation. And so for those of us who are in the room today that we saved and we know Jesus and we love Jesus and we follow in Jesus, how often do we go back to that place of salvation? How often are we in awe of our salvation, blown away by the fact that That there is a God in heaven, the God of the universe, that chose to save us. We need to go back to a place, no matter what stage of life, we're in, to be blown away at the gift of salvation. Because I want to say to you tonight that the greatest gift that God could have ever given you is the gift of salvation. Amen? It's greater than the gift of marriage. It's greater than the gift of singleness. It's greater than the gift of having kids. It's the greatest gift of all. And if God never gave us another thing ever, the gift of salvation would be enough. Amen.
1: Amen. Salvation really is just stepping into this life that we've been called, that John talks about in John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. So we get to step into this life that Jesus died on the cross for us. So let's celebrate the gift of salvation every single day because salvation awakens us to our identity in Christ as sons and daughters of God. And we have an incredible inheritance and privileges that go with being adopted into God's family. We've got the mind of Christ. We are one with the Trinity. We have favor, provision, wisdom, knowledge, righteousness, peace, joy, and the gift of a sound mind. So when we turn our attention to the things that we have and the many blessings we've been given, and we turn away from the things we lack, we enter into this life of abundance. And we we live fully present. We're not thinking about the past or regretting the past, and we're not looking too far into the future, but we're fully present to those around us and to the Lord and what He is wanting to do in our lives right at this moment.
0: That's right. And so the second point, the second big heading that comes kind of from with, with that one is uh, to remember that within our salvation, we have everything that we need. When we are saved, we are lacking absolutely nothing. We are complete. Uh, We know that in our salvation, as the Bible says, we have God's divine power offering us everything that we need for life and godliness. Within your salvation, whatever stage of life you're in, you have everything that you need in your salvation for life and godliness. And so in the single stage of life, you shouldn't uh, have the mentality or the mindset that you're waiting for a spouse to come and complete you. We are already complete in Him. Yes. I don't know about you, but in my Bible, Colossians 2 verse 10 doesn't
1: say, and when we are married, we have been made complete. It says, and in Him, we've been made complete. Which means in Jesus, we are complete. We're made whole. We're lacking nothing. We do not wait for anyone or anything else to complete us.
0: That's right. I had a great friend of our church, Pastor George Giorgio from Father's House, come and share a few years ago, into signalness, and uh, he had many of the, of the great points that I'm, I'm incorporating into tonight as well. Uh, one of the things that he helped so much with was uh, when you read Philippians 2, to really understand it a little bit better, we can read it together uh, on the screen. It says, do we have it up there? No, it's the one about working out your uh, salvation with fear and trembling. There we go. Therefore, my beloved, I was going to just skip past it. As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. And then he goes on to say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, Pastor George was helping us with this, and he said, it's it's not to work it out like a puzzle that you need to work out, but it would be better to say, outwork your salvation. Now that you're saved, work out what it means in every season of your life. Uh, In the single stage of your life, work out what that means, what that looks like. Uh, Your salvation is almost like a box that has been given to you, and everything that you need to walk out in godliness and in life is within that box. And so you have got it all. And so single people tonight and those watching online, I want you to remember that you should start out by realizing you lack nothing. Start out by realizing you lack nothing. You need to get out of your mind that you're not at full capacity until someone else is in your life to supplement whatever it is that you think you lack. You lack nothing in Christ. Amen. We're going to jump into the third heading tonight, and that's really to... To talk about how to live out a stage of singleness well, and we've got uh, three pieces of advice that we think we can offer here on how to really walk this out well. The first thing that I'd say to to really walk in out the stage of singleness well is don't make choices in one stage of life that you'll regret and need to undo in the next stage. Amen. Don't make choices in one stage of life that you'll regret and need to undo in another stage of life.
1: I was reading Genesis 16 to 19 this past week, and there's an excellent example of this where Abraham and Sarah had a promise from God, but it took a long time, much longer than what they expected for that promise to come to pass. So God had promised to Abraham that he'd be the father of many nations, and his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the skies. But as the years passed, they didn't have any children, and so they started to decide amongst themselves to take matters into their own hands. Impatience crept in, and Sarah, or Sarai, at the, before she was named Sarah, gave her servant Hagar to Abraham and said, "Look, if I can't be your child, let my servant." be the one who does it for you. And this was quite common practice in those days. And in doing so, Sarah sought to fulfill God's promise to make Abraham a father of many nations on her own terms. And here's the thing about taking matters into your own hands. You're probably going to get what you want, but the outcome might not be what you're willing to live with. You're going to have to probably count the cost in that. And in this case, Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar, their impatience led to jealousy, to resentment, to to mistreatment. And Sarah's heart was filled with envy. She despised Hagar and in turn began to look down on Sarah. And their once harmonious household became a breeding ground for tension and for strife. So if we make marriage an idol, or anything else for that matter, and we get out of alignment with God's timing, we will face the consequences that could have been avoided. But here's the thing. When God moves, it's both generational and abundant. Abraham waited 14 years after Ishmael was born to Hagar for the right timing of his promise God had to do a work in Abraham's heart before that promise could be realized. Isaac was born when Abraham was 100 years old and so fulfilled the promise of being a great nation. And waiting can be hard, I get that, especially when it feels like time is slipping away. But remember, God's timing is perfect. He knows best, even if that doesn't align with your own expectations and your own wishes. Trusting in his timing requires faith and surrendering our plans to him. Putting all of our hopes and dreams solely into finding a partner can lead to impulsive decisions and compromises that may have lasting consequences. In waiting on God's timing, he will do something new, better than what we could have manufactured on our own. It's going to be generational. It will be abundant. It will be permanent. It will be supernatural. And it might even look seemingly impossible, but he can do anything. Something that I do want to stress, if you're feeling like maybe you went down the wrong path, or maybe you did birth an Ishmael, as the Bible talks about, and you didn't wait for God's timing, God redeems everything. And so... It doesn't mean that you won't have to possibly walk through the circumstances of those decisions. Remember, it's hard to see truth if you let your pain choose your path. So acknowledge and learn from your mistakes. Do whatever it takes to stop those patterns of dysfunction in your life. But in Genesis chapter 17, we read that our amazing Heavenly Father redeemed the consequences of the decisions that Abraham and Sarah took. And he blessed Ishmael.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, The next thing to chat about within uh, how to walk out a single stage of life, well, uh, is to step up, not out. Step up, not out. Now, this is in every season, but I think especially in a season, in a stage of singleness, uh, we need to prioritize stepping up, not stepping out you know you'll set yourself up for loneliness if you're embarrassed about the season of life that you're in and keep stepping out and so i want to encourage you that you need to step And I want to specifically encourage you here in the life of the church to keep stepping up, to step up in your city groups, to step up in serving here at church, to step up in your passionate presence around us. Because I want to let you know that our church is so much better off. Our church is so much healthier when single people step up and don't step out.
1: I could only really step up once my heart was fully healed. And that was an instant so I know we've we've left out a lot of the story for time's sake, but it took me three years to get fully healed. And that was very intentional. So I had to des- decide from the get-go that I wanted to be healed. And I had to be intentional about that. So I visited a psychologist. I journaled. I shared my journey with seven um, friends around the country who kept me accountable and who prayed for me. I forgave quickly because I saw what damage having unforgiveness in your heart can do and what bitterness it can cause. I kept a gratitude journal. I acknowledged the areas in my own life that I had contributed to the breakdown of the marriage, and I had to take responsibility for areas where I needed to grow in my own life. I read so many books. I was so hungry to grow and to learn. And I sought the Lord with everything that I had. I devoured teachings and podcasts. And I discovered once again who I was because within my marriage I had diminished and I had lost my own voice and I had lost my own identity. And so in that period of three years, which wasn't easy, and at times I wrote in my journal, Lord, I can't even see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Help me to get through this day. At the end of that period, I walked into Woolies to buy some groceries and I just knew my heart was healed. I felt it. I, w- I felt completely whole, at peace, joyful, nothing missing, nothing lacking. I felt congruent in my body, mind, and spirit. And the Lord did not just patch up my heart. He healed it completely to the point where that part of my life is not an old wound with a scar and a patch. My heart is completely whole and completely new. And the scar has been healed as well. So once my heart was healed, I could see the vision for my life. I could see with greater clarity. And then I could step up into everything that the Lord has called me to. As a mentor of mine once said, Heart wounds cause blind spots. If our hearts are wounded and bleeding, we will attract sharks. And we will not even be able to see that we're doing that. So I really appeal to you, if your heart is not whole or healed, do the work. Jesus wants to heal it. He wants to make it whole. Because that's going to set you up for the next thing. For you to step up. And also for marriages, if that's something that you desire.
0: And the last aspect we're going to look at tonight is uh, being content in all circumstances. This aspect of contentment in all circumstances. And I want to touch on tonight uh, the gift of singleness. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7 from verse 6, Paul says, Now as a concession, not a command, (laughs) I say this, I wish that all were as I myself am, in other words, single, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of Another. And so, what he's doing over here is pointing us to the fact that singleness is a gift. It's actually a gift. He he gets this from Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, where Jesus says, Whoever of you can live out the single life for the sake of the gospel should. And Paul was single, and Jesus was single, and I think it's kind of talking into this uncelebrated idea, which is such an awesome idea, and it's the idea that you're single, but you're not waiting around to be complete. You live in your already complete life out to the full, and that's what Paul and, and Jesus are talking about. And so if singleness in this stage of your life is something that you've received as a gift, it's yours to take and use and enjoy to the full, it's not a gift to take and put on the side and say, I'm not going to open that and I'm not going to enjoy that because I'm waiting for another gift. It's, it's yours to open and enjoy to the full. And at the same time, as the recipient of a gift, we also need to remember that it's not up to you to decide what the gift is. It's up to the giver of the gift to decide what that gift actually is.
1: That's so true. My single years have truly been a gift from the Lord. After my divorce, I completed my master's degree. I traveled around the world, and I've got plans to travel again next year because I really believe that travel can be a hobby. Uh (laughs) And I've had some of the most amazing experiences that I wouldn't trade for the world. I've been able to step in and be there for friends and family in very practical ways because I have the freedom to do so.
0: That's amazing, and uh, I would say that probably if you look at it historically, the church, the capital C church, church at large, has placed a higher value on marriage than it has on singleness. I think probably we'll look back in time, and that would be a mistake that the church has made. Uh, You know, we know the, the verse that says, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and favor from the Lord, but it seems like we've added, whoever doesn't find a wife doesn't find favor from the Lord. That's just not true. And if we we look at kind of the Old Testament and then into the New Testament, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, there was this priority that we see to be fruitful and to multiply. It almost seems like the first great commission. uh, And there's this emphasis in the Old Testament on the blessing that there is in family. Because it was so important, we had to get to the birth of the Messiah. We had to make sure that the bloodline continued. But then, when you move to the Old Testament, we see that the priority is the expansion of the church. We know it as the Great Commission to go and make disciples. I want to remind you tonight that that's not something you need to be married to do. Amen? In fact, when we're talking about the gift of, of, of salvation that we've received in our singleness. It's almost the, uh, the gift that we need to help those around us be awakened to as we're able to say, hey, we're going out, we're helping make disciples and fulfilling the Great Commission. That's not something you need to be married to do. I believe that there's massive impact that can be made for the kingdom in the stage of singleness. And so as a single person, it's something to remember that as we talk about this beautiful idea of being the bride of Christ, it's those of us who are married and it's those of us who are single, it's every one of us making up this beautiful bride of Christ that is on a mission to the world.
1: Totally. And to speak to being fruitful and multiplier, that is a principle that can be applied to every single area of life, not just In marriage so you called to steward things in your work in your business in your friendships and to be fruitful first and then to multiply them so it's even a principle that can be applied in business I just want to speak for a moment very briefly about those desiring to be a mother or a father I totally get it I wanted to be a mom even when I was a child Um, I was always playing with the kids and being the mom. Um, And that wasn't meant to be for me in the natural. But I'm a godmother of four godsons. I'm a self-appointed aunt to many kids, and I get to spoil them. And also, I get to walk alongside many younger women as friends and even as a mentor. And so, I have this privilege of being a spiritual mother to many, And I think that each of us are called to do that. Yeah. We're called to be mothers and fathers in the kingdom. It's just going to look different for each one of us. If we think about the legacy of this church, Glenn was a father to the current leadership of this church yeah. and raised them up as sons um, in the church. And, and look at the, the fruits of yeah, that now.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. We tracked along well for time. Uh, we're coming towards the end now. But for those of you who are single but desire marriage, uh, you know, I, I do believe that the life and the plans that God has for each of every, and every one of us is unique. It's unique to us. And uh, the plans uh, for our lives are, are designed by a loving father who has the best for his children. And it's, it's different for, for every single one of us. Um, so, what happens? When you're single, but you still desire marriage. I know that there are, there are those out there who you're single, but you still desire in marriage. It makes me think of King David, who himself was called a man after God's own heart. Uh, and the time that he went to God and he said, hey, I've got this great palace that I live in. And my desire is to build a house for you, God, for you to live in. And what does God say? He turns to David and he says, you do well to desire this, but the answer is no. You see what he's done, he, he affirms that David has a good desire, but he said, but you're not the one. And so while this is not going to represent everybody's stories, I think that it's a good reminder that our obedience and our desires don't automatically entitle us to God's yes. It's good things, obedience and desire are good things, but it's a trap to fall into if you believe that that automatically entitles you to God's yes. Yes. And so David got a no, and Paul got a no. You know, Paul asked three times for the thorn in his flesh to be removed. It was a no. Jesus himself got a no in the Garden of Gethsemane. But that doesn't mean that we can't trust the heart of the Father. That doesn't mean you can't trust the giver of good gifts. And so if you're single here tonight, I just want to remind you that God is sovereign, and God is kind, and God loves you, and He is generous, and He can be trusted with your desires. Amen. As I ask the band to join us on stage, I'm going to turn to Jen for some closing thoughts from you.
1: So, for me to live in this stage of life or the season of life w- with just peace in my heart and contentment, there are four things that I think really anchor me in this. And this can relate to you even if you're not single. I believe this is part of our um, mandate as children of God. Number one, we know our identity, and that is a child of the King of Kings. Number two, I know my purpose. I know what I was created on earth to do. I know my destiny. Where am I called to show up on earth to bring reformation and to show the goodness and the kindness of God? And then I know my Heavenly Father. And I know He will never fail me. I know He's got good plans for me beyond what I could hope or imagine. So I can rest in Him.
0: And so while it's a good thing to have a desire for a spouse, to speak into singles here tonight, it's a good thing to have a desire for a spouse. But if all of your other desires are contingent on that one desire happening, I want to encourage you and say, you need to ask God to activate some new desires in your heart. I want to encourage you as a single person tonight that I believe that there are kingdom-sized desires that can start happening in your life right now. That if uh, there's spaces and there's places and there's amazing relationships that God can awaken and activate in your life right now, that one day if God does bring you that spouse, then you are bringing a full life to that person, not an empty life, asking them to fill it.
1: Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he or she trusts in you. So their mind is not on what you're lacking, but it's on the one who has completed you. So for those of you who are single and waiting, my prayer for you is that you will wait with hope. That you will not remain stuck in old patterns of thinking and mindsets that don't serve you in this season. That you will ask the Lord if there are any lies that you are believing about your current season and that you would replace them with the truth of what the Lord says over you. He invites you to walk this season out with Him. That you will do the work with the Lord to ensure that your heart is healed and whole. That you can keep your heart soft before Him so that He can guide and direct you for His perfect plan for your life. He really is our firm foundation. Amen.
0: Amen. Awesome. Can we thank Jen so much for joining us tonight? Thank you, Jen. That was amazing. Awesome. Well, what are we doing? <laughs> All right, awesome. Let's stand up together. <laughs> are we going to close and are we going to, uh, there's uh, free Cokes outside, go grab whatever it is that you need. But Jesus, we come to you tonight, we say thank you just so much, God. First of all, we're going back to that place of being blown away at the gift of your salvation in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for setting us free that we can live this life for you. And so tonight, Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would use the stage of life that we're in, that you would use for those who are in a single stage of life, Lord, that you would use their life, that they would find their completeness and their wholeness in you. God, I pray tonight so that even you would start activating some new desires in the hearts of people in the single stage of life, that they would do massive exploits for you and for your kingdom in this stage, Lord, that they would live out their lives complete and whole in you, asking you what it is that, they, that you have for their life, walking in that and in the fulfillment of your promise that you have for them. And so we love you, we bless you, we praise you in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen, and amen.